0: Welcome to Heart of Worship Church podcast. Please take a moment to subscribe either through iTunes or the RSS feed located on the podcast page at heartofworshipchurch.com. Wow. The peace of God and not worrying in times that we would consider to be anxious or, or anxiety, times that our flesh would want us to try to take matters into our own hands. You know, we, we've got to learn to trust in God. So we're going to cover some scriptures about how to walk in the peace of God. There's nothing that can cause you to mess up or get out of, out of sync with where you're supposed to be spiritually than succumbing to fear or anxiousness. So it's a constant battle and learning process to learn how to walk in the peace of God. The easiest way for the devil to get us to mess up or to mess someone else up is to cause us to act out of fear. When we allow ourselves to be overcome with anxiety, it is easy for the devil to cause us to act outside of God's will or his timing. Second Timothy 1.7 tells us, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. How do we then walk in the peace of God amidst the trials of life? Isaiah 26, 3, and 4 tells us, you don't have to go there, it's a quick one, I'm going to jump to the next verse, but Isaiah 26, 3, and 4 tells us, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. How do we walk? in the peace of God. How do we not allow our emotions to be manipulated by the enemy to cause us to step out and do things that would be detrimental to us or to somebody else? The Number one main function or factor is to learn to trust in God. This is something that seems hard for us to do because we want to trust in our emotions or trust in ourselves a little more. And sometimes we have to walk through scenarios in life that teach us that trusting in ourselves doesn't really work out. You know, it's like we we say, you know, you tell the kid don't touch the stove. Oh, I have a great example. I just realized something. We've been fussing at Hannah forever trying to keep her to stay home for her own safety, the dog. And she will not listen. She wants to run everywhere. Well, she came home last night full of buckshot, full of BBs. Somebody shot her with a shotgun, probably chasing somebody's animal somewhere. So I had to do puppy surgery and get all the BBs out. Me and Danny had to... Had to hold her down, and which she didn't really fight too much because she wanted them out. So we, we got them all out, and it didn't, it was just in the meat in her legs and shoulders oh, and chest. Awful. She I didn't.
1: Broxides, well
0: but today, she didn't leave the yard. You can fuss her all you want, but until she got a little taste of her own medicine, until she got peppered, she didn't learn the lesson. And a lot of us are like that. So now she knows, hey, When we tell her these things or when we fuss at her for going places that she's not supposed to be, hey, maybe I'm actually doing it for her own good. So she learns these things. And these are the things that we all have to learn. You know, God will tell us something, and boy, we think we know better. We think we can figure it out better. We let the devil get us so worried and so anxious that we have to stick our hands in it to fix it ourselves because we want it fixed now. But when those things get worse than they were before or get all messed up, it's really in those situations that we learn, hey, I should have trusted God. So sometimes we have to walk out things, especially young Christians, they'll, they'll walk these things out, and it'll be for the purpose of learning, I can trust God because I realize now that I can't trust myself, or I can't trust my own decisions. But if we can learn this lesson without having to get shot with buckshot, then it would probably be better for all of us, most beneficial. Most beneficial turn with us to philippians 4 starting at verse 4 in philippians 4 we read rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice let your moderation be known unto all men. so be happy and i tell you again be happy and let everybody see it the lord is at hand be careful uh, and that word can actually be translated to anxious or worried for nothing. Have no anxiety. Be worried for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. So here we have some of the formula, some of the conditions. Good thing about a lot of these scriptures that talk about the peace of God, they're very clear. They don't take a lot of interpretation. They'll say, do this, 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 and this, and you will have peace. Do this, 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 and this, and you will have peace. You know, it's it's not something that you really have to be a scholar or dig really deep into. You can do a Bible search for peace of God or peace or whatever. And when you read these scriptures, you see very plainly, this is what I need to do. So it's very easy Um for us to find what to do to have that peace. Not so easy always to implement it because the devil is constantly working on us to to stir up our emotions and our fears and our desires to act in the flesh. But let's make it a point to point these things out. If you have your Bibles open, underline them, highlight them so that your eyes will be drawn to them. So when you come to a place of anxiety, you'll be drawn back to those conditions that you need to do to bring you back to a place of peace where you can... Function in a right mind that you can can trust God All right Uh, The Lord is at hand be careful for nothing or anxious but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving We need to always be thankful or grateful to God let your request be made known unto God So pray to God talk to God about it and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Take control of your mind. Don't let your mind run on the things that are worrying you. Don't let those things keep replaying in your head over and over and over and over. Don't let the devil get in your ear and keep repeating the same line over and over and over until you're so fearful and worked up that he convinces you to take action when you're not supposed to take action. That he convinces you to step ahead of God or to step out of line. What you need to do is stop and think. good things and I'm not talking about think happy thoughts think happy thoughts think happy thoughts this is talking about remembering the promises that God gave you remembering his word thinking about the good things that he's done for you the things that have already played out that he's told you he's going to do trusting in him remember it all goes back to learning to trust God and a lot of times for us to trust God in the moment we have to remind ourselves of how trustworthy he's been in the past So that's why I always encourage everyone to keep a journal. And when he tells you something and it comes through or when he's telling you something, even if it hasn't happened yet, you can go back and reread over those things. Or every time, you know, he performs a little miracle in your life or to somebody around you, you can go back and read over those things and it'll encourage you. Oh, yeah, I remember when he did that. He did it before he'll do it again. Oh, yeah, that reminds me how faithful he is, how powerful he is. Oh, I'm not worried about this anymore because I know my God has it. To meditate on the things that are good and not allow your mind to constantly be drawn back to the things that bring that anxiety. Peace comes from taking control of your thoughts and emotions and entrusting them to God and to the things of God. So keep your mind stayed on God and on the things of God. I'm turning now to uh, Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore... As the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, longsuffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. One key point that's pointed out in here for having peace is forgiveness. You can't have peace in yourself if you're holding bitterness towards somebody else. It'll eat you up. So if there is an issue of constantly not walking in a state of peace, then you might need to examine your heart to see what is causing you to have this anxiety. Is it a temporary situation that you're going through now, or is it something... Long going ongoing that you're connecting to a person which may cause you to hold bitterness because if the devil can keep working that up in your ear Then he's going to keep you in a state of turmoil because you're going to always be worried about the other person and not worried about yourself We always have to let go of unforgiveness And another key point in this verse that I like it says to basically immerse yourself constantly in Psalms hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your heart Surround yourself with good Christian music. It will bring you peace in the midst of the storm because for starters, it will run off those tormenting spirits. So, And then a lot of times I find God speaks to me a lot through the music. You know, you may be going through something and you'll put that music on and then the right thing that you need will just come through in a lyric and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, but I really needed that. And now I know, I know, I know, even though I knew you were telling me, I'm. Con- it's double, triple confirmed and I have a peace about it. And you're able to really let those things go. So be thankful. Again, we must always have gratitude. It says, okay, peace comes from forgiveness. We have to have forgiveness, first of all, and having a charitable and thankful or grateful heart. It listed charity in there. If we truly have a heart of love towards others, it will help us to walk in a state of peace. In the the context of this one, is like your peace towards others. It says you have to be forgiving. You don't want to hold bitterness towards anyone else. You want to have a heart of charity, of love, that wants to help everybody. And you have to have a thankfulness about you, a gratefulness. A lot of people's anxiety is tied up in the fact that they may feel that they're not getting what they deserve. Or that it's not playing out the way they want it. Or in the timing that they want it. And really it's a spirit of selfishness. And we all go through it because we're human and we're selfish little babies sometimes. But if we would have a heart of gratefulness, God, I love you and I trust you. And even if it's not playing out in the time that I want or the way that I want, I know that you will work it out for the good and just hold on to that and wait and see what he's going to do. It's very important that we know the word of God. Arm yourself with the sword of the word so you can cut down the lies of the enemy meant to bring you anxiety and cause you to act outside of God's will or timing. Even Jesus had to fight Satan with the sword of the word when he was tempted three times in the wilderness. Second Timothy 2.15 tells us, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan came to tempt him. He didn't debate with him. He didn't do anything. He stood on the word. Every time Satan would throw something at him, he'd throw a scripture right back. And Satan would have no no way to refute that. It's what it is. The word of God is the word of God. That is our weapon. And when those anxieties come, if we can throw the word of God back at that anxiety, it helps us to stand in a surety knowing that God will overcome this. God will deal with this. That's one of the reasons it's so important to know the word of God. You know, if, if I'm so worried about, you know, my family. But every time the devil tries to get me so worked up about it that I try to take matters into my own hands and just make it worse. But on my mind, the scripture is replaying that, you know, he will promise us those of our household. You know, and I keep standing, I rebuke you, Satan. God has told me that he will, he will grant me my household in the name of Jesus. Standing on those scriptures helps to bring that peace and that reminder. You know, the devil's trying to, to tell you that, Your future is going to be totally messed up if you don't take this action on your own and step out and make this happen right now. But God is telling you, no, wait, let me work it out. And you you can stand on that scripture and say that God said his plans for me are good. To prosper me and not to harm me and to give me a good future. So in the name of Jesus, I trust him. He's not a man that he would lie. I'm standing on the word and he's going to work this out for me. It helps us to have that peace to be reminded of his word and his scripture. So it's important to know the scripture in order to fight the lies of the enemy, because he will tell you lies. And just like Jesus, you can stop them right there and keep them from replaying in your head over and over until you believe it if you can come back with a scripture that is contradicting what he's trying to tell you. Peace comes from standing on the promises of God. Remember that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? That's Numbers 23, 19. Highlight it, write it down. That's a good verse to stand on when anxiety is coming against you. If God has spoken something in your heart, stand on that promise. The devil will do everything he can to come against it and to try to make you doubt it Or to try to make you quit. But if God has promised you something. He will bring it about. Unless we give up on it. Before he is finished. The devil cannot steal from us. What God has promised. Only we can willingly give it up. Or turn away from it. So when he tries to do that. Stand on that. Quote that as much as you need. Wield that sword. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he had said it he will do it. Or if he has spoken it, he will make it good.
1: This goes back to what I said about God's character. All throughout Scripture you find evidences and characteristics of God, and those are consistent. He's not a liar. Everything that he says comes to play. It's kind of cool. It'd be like uh, if God were to say face, there's going to be a face there. It is impossible for God to lie. So when we understand that God has in fact truly told you something or promised you something, it has to come to pass. When he says, let there be light," it is impossible for there not to be light.
0: He is the creator God. Just his, his speaking, it makes it. Creates. So
1: <laughs> So his word is alive. That's why the Bible is the living sword, alive.
0: Now being reminded of God's character can help you to walk in peace but also reminding yourself of the devil's character can help you to overcome the anxiety as well. Because remember, the devil is a liar. John 8, verse 42 says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father will ye do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it." The devil is the father of lies. God is truth. It says he is not a man that he would lie. If he speaks it, it must happen. It must play out. The devil, however, is the father of lies. He will bring confusion. So when something doesn't work out the way we thought it was, who were we listening to, listening to? Now, I must clarify that in saying that even though um, God will work things out the way he tells us they will, they may not work out the way that in the manner or the timing that we thought they would but he will work it out if god tells us something he will bring it about usually in a way that we don't expect but in a miraculous way that we can't deny that he did it the devil however will tell us things that will never work out and will always end up coming to our detriment (coughs) so he'll convince us and this is a revelation that a lot of people need to come to We have this concept that we're always struggling between whether we're going to follow God's will or do it our way or follow our own will. Is it my will or is it God's will? Truthfully, if you think about it, your free will is to just choose between plan A and plan B, which is the devil's plan or God's plan. Our free will is just to choose which path. It's not actually I'm doing it my way. Either we're doing it God's way or we're listening to the devil who's telling us to try it this way. And when we try it that way, it always works out to our detriment. Why? Because it wasn't even our idea to begin with. The devil was putting it in our ear and convincing us to stray away from the plan of God because we are inherently designed to follow God and to follow his plan. But the devil is constantly trying to pull us off course. If people would just come to a place where they could realize, when I'm in that place where I'm thinking, hey, I can do this better myself, or if I do this, it'll play out quicker, or if I do that, it'll work out the way that I think it'll work out and it never does it's because the devil was putting that in our ear the whole time and trying to get us to either act ahead of God's timing or out completely outside of his will. Where if we just learned to trust God, we would get to our destination and our promised land a lot quicker. We've got to come to a place where we understand it's not me trying to take action into my own hand. It's the devil trying to pull me off course to mess things up even quicker. He's going to cause me to wander 40 years in the wilderness thinking I'm doing it my own way, but really I'm doing it His way. And He's waiting to kill me out before I make it to my promised land.
1: My point is default. Right. Right. So the moment you say, God, I'm not choosing you, and well, I'm not choosing Satan. I'm going to do it my way.
0: By default, you're going to Satan's plan.
1: Right.
0: There's always going to be a leading factor, a leading, a guiding spirit. It's what spirit are you choosing to be led by? Are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Or any other spirit? If you're it's not the Holy Spirit, it's any other spirit. Any other spirit falls into the realm of the devil. You're being led of the devil. We may not realize it and we may have the best intentions, but we're just allowing ourselves. And this is something we're gonna all do. Nobody's holier than now that they'll never be led of the flesh or be tricked or manipulated into doing something that was outside of god's timing or plan but we've got to learn to recognize these things to minimize the damage and to minimize our time wandering in the wilderness so i it was a good revelation for me to realize hey you know it's not even that it's me thinking that i know better it's the devil convincing me using your own pride to just step outside of god's plan to get us off course as much as he possibly can but a lot of times like i said when we do that, God's grace and mercy you know, to protect us but allow us to end up walking through the briars a little bit will help us to know next time God had a better plan for me. He had an easier way. I can remember one time um, God told me to go for a walk. So I went up on the levee and I was going for a walk and I was praying and stuff. And he told me, go down to the river. I got a word for you, but I'm not going to give it to you till you get to the river. Well, when he tells me this, I'm like if I go straight down where I'm at I can get to the river in like five minutes tops and it's an easy way but I'm like oh it's a nice sunny day get a little tan I'm gonna just jog on the levee top and I can talk to God while I'm jogging it's okay you know we can still talk to God so I jog a ways and I get down to about where the grain elevator is and it's real strong on me I told you to go to the river I have something to tell you I'm not gonna tell you till you get to the river okay well now I have to be obedient so I'm gonna go ahead and go down well because I didn't listen when he told me to When I get to the bottom, I look, and there's like a sea of stinging nettle between me and the river. And I'm like, God's like, just go this way. And I'm thinking, hmm, I'm looking around. I'm like, I think it looks a little bit not so bad over there. Just try it a little bit over there. So I walk over there, and I get in a little ways. And then I realize that there's so many briars underneath the stinging nettle that I can't walk. I'm stuck in the stinging nettle. It's stinging me. I can't figure out how to get out or get back. And God's like, you know, if you'd have just listened to me, you'd have been there a long time ago. So go back to where I told you to. Sorry, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I go back to the the second spot where he told me to just go through there. I get all the way through there. I stop and you know I'm sitting here. And you think by now I'd learn my lesson? And he's like, go through there. So I go through and there's a huge berry blackberry briar bush and I'm like, I think I can go around. Obviously didn't work out again. Ended up stuck in a different bush that was way worse. Had to go back. Didn't listen to him. Ended up like two hours. To go somewhere that would have normally taken me five minutes. So when I finally crawl through bleeding and and bloodied and and get through all this stuff, get walk all the way back, sit down on the river. Yeah. I sit down and you know, he was like, You know, you could have gotten here so easy if you'd have just listened the first time. I was like, Yeah, I know. So I sat down and he gave me a very clear prophetic word about some stuff I was about to go through, which I really needed. So I'm glad I went to the river. Funny thing is, is that what I had gone through was something that I really needed to know because it was part of the word. You have to do this the way I'm telling you or it's going to take you a long time and a lot of heartache and hurt and bleeding before you get to the point that you need to go. You can do it my way really quick and easy or you can do it your way and get stung and get tore up and get bloodied and battered it was part of the word that he was showing me it was revelation and these are things that we have to come to a place that we can understand we can make our walk so much easier if we'll just listen the first go round and stop trying to take control now i can look at it and say think well that was me struggling with what i wanted to do as opposed to what god wanted to do but the true revelation is It really wasn't even my will because my will would never have put me in stinging nettle and briars. My will would have said, I want to obey God and do what he tells me to do. Really, it's the devil in your ear saying, no, you don't have to do it that way. Look, it looks better over there. Look, it's easier over there. Do it that way. Do it that way. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to throw us off course. So we need to recognize when we're struggling with that thing in our head, it's not us. It's the enemy. We need to stop it, rebuke it, and listen to God.
1: Let me say this. The Lord has dropped in my spirit. Any, any action outside of direct what God's Word tells you to do, no matter how little it might seem to take an extra few minutes to jog on 11 before going down, the Lord dropped in my spirit, it's still disobedience. Guess what? It's still sin. And then He said in my spirit just now, He said, remember, all it took was Moses to strike the rock when I told him to speak to it, and he couldn't go to the promised land. And, and no mean, matter how small you might think, sin is sin. Disobedience is disobedience. So if God's telling you to do something, no matter how minuscule you might measure it to be, it's still disobedience. And look at the Israelites, that's, that's conviction on me, is what I'm saying. The Israelites not, had to, a two-week journey, took them 40 years. That's right. They had right. just done what God told them to do. That's right. A two-week journey. Yeah, that's, that's going to take discernment, years. the spirits, to know that it's the enemy whispering here. And if you know God's telling you to do something and there's just something, a contrary idea, thought that wants you to just, well, I'll get to it later. Obviously, that should tell you, warning, warning. And
0: the thing warning. is, the, the devil will tell you <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. It'll work out better. And if not, it's okay. God can fit, clean up your mess really quick. It's not that big of a deal. But really, it can do more damage than you realize. Because even with that revelation, even with everything he was showing me, I, I did the best I could, but I still stuck my hands in that situation a little more than I should have. And it ended up taking two years for it to fully play out and come to the resolution which is not a coincidence that it took me two hours to get to the river when it could have taken five minutes. So I have to look back on that situation and say, oh, my gosh, could I have handled that situation in maybe five months or five weeks, you know, instead of the two years? So it's, it'll, it'll bring you unneeded hardship that can easily be avoided. But in doing so, I have learned to listen no matter what he tells me. Even if he says, go sit on the river until your son burnt, do it because it'll end up worse in the end. Remember, if the devil is convincing you to do something, it is ultimately bad. It doesn't matter how much he makes it look good now. It is for a bad reason. Why? Because he is a liar and the father of them. God cannot lie. So seek God, trust God, stand on his word, and walk in peace and remember God's nature, but also remember the devil's nature. When that conflict is going on in your mind, because ultimately a lack of peace is a conflict. You're, you're trying to find that peace, but you're being overcome with fear or anxiety. There's a conflict going on in your mind. And these are weapons to help you arm the right side of the conflict. It's to help you tip the scales on the side of peace against anxiety. And you want to tip the scales on the side of peace, remind yourself of God's nature and remind yourself of the devil's nature. Isaiah fifty five ten says, at and I love this verse. This is one of my more favoriteest verses. Fifty five ten, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth the bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater." So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and the trees of the fields shall clap their hands that's Isaiah fifty-five ten through 12 if you are going through struggles and trials that's another one read it stand on it it's powerful it is a promise of God his word cannot return void it will accomplish what it has been set out to do if God has spoken it it will come to pass And I do encourage that if you feel God has spoken something to you or given you a promise, seek Him for confirmation. He'll send you that confirmation over and over and over until you have enough faith to stand on that thing. And it is wise to test the spirits, you know, and not wait forever for something that we thought was God when really it could have been the devil. One thing I can say about God is He wants you to test the spirits and He will not count it against your faith. If you're asking for confirmation, He wants you to do that the devil can deceive he can interject he can give you things but remember he is the father of lies and he cannot be consistent he might mess you up once or twice but he will not constantly be consistent giving you the exact same thing over and over and over it will be twisted it will be manipulated if it's coming from God he will send it to you in a thousand different ways and it will always be exactly the same it will not change he might tell it to you personally In your heart, he might open a scripture and it's telling you the same thing. You might get a dream or somebody else might come to you with a dream. It says the same thing. You turn on the radio. It's telling you the same thing. You go to church. The minister's preaching. It's telling you the same thing. It's consistent. It's God. If it's once or twice, I don't know about this. Maybe I want it to be this, but I'm going to hold on to it. But nothing else ever confirms it. Let it go. It might have not been God. God is consistent. The devil is not. And God will never fault you for seeking out confirmation because he wants you to test the spirits. I want to read that that uh, scripture again because I love it and it's so true. Hold true to this. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth the bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. God will never leave us comfortless if we truly bring our burdens And our trust to him. John 14 verse 25 says. These things have I spoken unto you. Being yet present with you. And this is Jesus' words. But the comforter which is the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. He will not leave us comfortless. Jesus was talking to the disciples because he had basically just told them that he would be crucified. And he was telling them, don't be sad. I'm not going to leave you alone. You won't be alone. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. He will comfort you and he will be with you. And you should be rejoicing because I'm going to my father who is even greater than I. And he will teach you and he will guide you and he will bring all things to your remembrance. This ties into standing on the word of God. Oh, I've read these scriptures, but I don't remember them. If you've read over them, when the time comes and you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring you comfort by causing you to remember them. You may go through something 10 years from now, and the Holy Spirit will cause you to remember one of these verses that we've we've read. My word will not return void. If I've said it, it's going to happen. It's going to cause you to have a a peace to be able to stand in faith because it's going to bring that remembrance back when it's needed. So it's good to feel our spirit. We don't have to sit there and try to memorize every verse and then be filled with condemnation because we can't do it. Just let it fill your spirit with peace. God will bring it to you to bring you the comfort in the season that it's needed. He will never leave nor forsake us. And if he is for us, who can be against us? We're going to close with this, John 16, 32. Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world standing on the word of God. When the enemy comes up against you like a flood to fill you with fear and anxiety, we have to remember these key things. One, know that we can trust in God and remember to trust in God. Be reminded of his character. Be reminded of the enemy's character. Know that you are not alone, that God has not left you. He is with you and he is for you. And that he has overcome already. And he can do whatever needs to be done in your life. In your situa- your situation or your circumstance. Even if it's not done the way we think it should be. Or the way in the timing that we want it to be done. Right. Have patience and faith to stand on the word of God and wait it out. God will always vindicate his own. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos